Welcome everyone to our featured podcast on thought leadership with Dr. Ray McKinley. Dr. McKinley is an expert on leadership and character development. Let's join the conversation now. Hello everyone, this is Ray McKinley. Welcome to Ride the Elephant today. Hey, we're excited about you being on the call with us. We're going to talk with my son, Brian. The question I want to reflect on is what are you choosing? What are you believing? So, Brian, when I ask that question, what comes to your mind? Well, I think it sounds a little reversed, as I would present it reversed, as what are you believing, what are you choosing? The belief maybe is not on someone's mind as they're making choices. So it is kind of a 2020 thing, you know, to look at your beliefs, often you're looking back at the choice. I think I and you and many others have made lots of choices over time. Even knowing better, failing to do better, and then you look back at the choice and you realize I was actually blind to my own believing and my own thinking. And I'm not even really cognizant of it until now, looking back, evaluating the choice that I made, and then realizing, oh, maybe it's because I believe this, or I believe something that somebody told me, which may or may not be true. I believe that I'm justified, and you just go down the list of all these different beliefs that you have. And this is a process that is a choice in and of itself. Because a lot of us could choose not to look back to analyze and evaluate our choices and try on different ways of thinking. A lot of people, I think, just choose to say, oops, that's in the past. I'm going to move forward and not take any personal responsibility. And while it's good to move forward, it's better to move forward with the past in mind. Having examined your life, a little bit when you made a choice that didn't have a good outcome. Maybe it hurt some people. Maybe it was just a little bit of a rub and you don't even understand why. And that's all on the individual to make those calls. Nobody can force you to choose what you choose. You know, and we could have an argument or discussion about free will. I know that you believe in free will. I am still up in the air on concepts surrounding decision-making. But yeah, I think that the beliefs influence the choosing. And if you never tap into your regret of your choices and, and reverse engineer that to some critical thinking about what you're believing, then you're really going to keep repeating those same stupid mistakes. Yeah, because what we each believe is revealed in our thought, words, and deeds. And I think when we, like you say, reverse engineer that, only have to look at your thought, words, and deeds and say, hmm, what is going on in my beliefs that could cause me to have that thought, that caused me to say those words? And what is going on in my beliefs that would cause me to respond the way I do? 
And I think we oftentimes don't reflect on that. And we talked about the examined life is going back and looking at those things. What are our core beliefs that cause us to respond the way we do? Oftentimes, what's really interesting about this, when you say beliefs, what do you believe? Well, they think that the belief is automatically an affirmative or automatically true. What's interesting is many of our beliefs are false. And a false belief can raise havoc in your life. A false belief can cause you to have thoughts about yourself, say things about yourself, and do things that just make no sense. On a simple thing, you know, when I was told I wasn't smart enough to go take college prep classes, I could have believed that. I could have said, well, I walk around and I feel I'm not smart enough. And... When I take on that belief, what decisions do I make when I don't feel like I'm smart enough? You know, I have a son who has decided he wasn't smart enough to go to college, and he made that decision on his own. I don't believe that in a heartbeat. I know you don't believe that he's not smart enough to go to college, but the problem is he believes it, and it's not true. He is smart enough, but we hold ourselves back with these false beliefs that we have about ourselves because somebody told us at some time that we weren't smart enough, or we weren't pretty enough, or we weren't athletic enough, we weren't capable, whatever it might have been, we take on a belief that isn't even true. And unless we examine that and go back and look at it, hey, we're going to struggle with what we think about, what the words we say, and the deeds we do for the rest of our life, because those untrue beliefs will hold us back for a lifetime. Any thoughts about that? I completely agree, and it's a shame, and we, it's something we all struggle with. But yeah, you got to put yourself to the test. And, I mean, unless you really know right off the bat, well, that's just that person being kind of vain or being an a-hole or, or whatever it is. That's just not true. But other things, you know, sometimes they creep in and start to take hold, and you might start to believe it's true. you got to put yourself to the test. To prove to yourself, okay, this is true about me. I am not strong enough. So now what do I do? I need help. I don't think you're calling on anybody to fight through, to be an underdog, because sometimes you have to look at your strengths and say, well, maybe I am not really good at this thing. And maybe I do put my foot in my mouth. But here's something that I'm really good at. And so I'm going to start with this thing that I'm really good at and then maybe build around it from there. And maybe there's some coaching out there that could be tapped into. Maybe there's some continued education that someone could engage in to start to unlock those strengths instead of being hung up on some kind of a shortcoming. Yeah, very true. I was at a program recently that I was kind of facilitating. And we were talking about this topic, about why we respond the way we do and what are the core beliefs behind those responses. And it's amazing to me when you have a young lady who says, I'm very successful in my life and I'm finding that men are intimidated by my success and they don't want to be in relationship with me because I'm successful. When I heard that, I said, that's a belief that you believe that men are intimidated by you. So that's a core belief that you have. 
And I'm thinking now, based on holding that belief, what you publicly disclosed at the meeting, what is that saying about your decision-making and how does that affect your conversation? How does that affect your decisions? How does that affect your relationship with men and the things you say? If you have a belief that all men are intimidated by your success, that kind of puts the kibosh on a lot of relationships because of that core belief. And of course, I would encourage anyone who operates on a belief like that to say, hey, how is that belief holding me back? How is that belief keeping me from having what I want in my life? And to revisit that and like you say, back up the train, go back and look at it and make a new decision about it. Any thoughts about that, Brian? I like that expression, back up the train. It's like riding an elephant. Yeah. You don't just stop the train and back it up. It's a bit more complicated than that. It's like riding an elephant. It's a big ass. It's a heavy lift. Yeah. But it's not impossible. And, no. oh, man, don't even get me started on how our culture perpetuates unhealthy beliefs about the opposite sexes. And there's a culture in, in our society of perpetuating negative stereotypes in men about women and then also perpetuating negative stereotypes in women about men. And those have done so much damage. That's a whole nother podcast series. But those are beliefs that your culture has bandied around and sometimes they sink into your brain. And how tragic is it when no one comes into your life and breaks those stereotypes down and says, oh, this is a different kind of woman who doesn't fit those stereotypes that made me judgmental of all women. And same with women. Oh, here's a man who is different. And, oh, God, the work that it takes to transcend those unhealthy beliefs, it really is like not just stopping the train, backing it up. It's no easy feat. But it has to be done in order to challenge this, to bring that question forward. How then shall I live? What am I choosing and what am I believing? And how is it affecting the choices that I make and the way that I live? Well, you know, I was talking again at this family function I mentioned, and my sister was there, and we were started to talk about this thing a little bit, and that's what she does as a therapist. You know, she didn't use that term, but she gets people to back up the train and go back to that time when they started to take on a belief that causes them to respond here in their adult life uh, the way they do. When all you need to go back and take a situation that occurred when they were a young person, maybe a child or even a high school kid, when they maybe made a decision about themselves, when maybe their brain wasn't fully functioning at that time. You know, we often talk about the prefrontal cortex not being developed until well into the teens and sometimes into the 20s, where the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that processes things and puts one plus one and makes it two, when we don't have a fully functioning prefrontal cortex back when we were a child and we make a decision about something that happened that can be so debilitating to us because of a core belief that we never really can change. She says, you know, that's what I do for a living is 
unpackaged those decisions that were made a long, long time ago about a belief that really doesn't serve them very well and hasn't served them for a lot of years, where she says, I specialize in backing up the train, relooking at that situation, bringing now the more adult mind or the, the more developed prefrontal cortex into the equation and start coming up with some new conclusions about that that may serve them better. And I think we can all do that. And I think that's basically what this chapter in my book, Ride the Elephant, The Journey to True Success, is really talking about is reflecting on that situation that occurred at a very young age, a significant emotional event or the experiences you had growing up where you took on some beliefs that really aren't true today. They could also be the beliefs you took on about being a man and being a woman or how you interrelate with another person of the opposite sex. It has so much to do with decisions you made at a very young age, some of which were true and some of which were not true. So, yeah, it's amazing to me that oftentimes when we reflect on living in an examined life, we don't really go back and examine some of those decisions that we made in our past that keep us stuck in bondage. Bondage? Yes, bondage. What do you use that word, bondage? Well, I always think of the elephant who is shackled at the ankle and stays in place. You know, elephants are very strong animals, and they build tents. They can move logs. They're the strongest land animal in existence. And what's interesting about an elephant is when they're trained for the circus, they train the elephant by putting a chain around an ankle, and they put that chain onto a steel post in the ground cemented by concrete. And that elephant, every time... He starts walking, he, he wants to get away or wants to move and, and makes a decision to take action. That chain on their ankle holds them in place and they can't do it. So what happens is the elephant learns to be restrained by the tension that he feels from the chain pulling on his ankle. So when the circus owners take these elephants out and from travel from place to place, to keep the elephant in place, they take a wooden stake and drive it into the ground, tie a rope to the stake and the other end of the rope to the ankle brace. And that elephant, as soon as he feels the tension of the rope on his ankle, will stop and not move. He will not go any farther than he's been held by that rope. And the elephant's strong enough, he could pull that stake right out of the ground. He could break the rope easily, but he doesn't because he's stuck in bondage, he's stuck in that place, he's, he's shackled and held in place. And even though the chain is no, it's no longer a chain, it's a rope, it's no longer a steel concrete post, it's wood. And they still will not break away. And I think human beings are very much that way. We get so accustomed to operating in a belief that we have had, which is untrue, for our whole lifetime. And an elephant will live his whole life living in the belief that he can't move beyond this place because the rope and wooden stake is keeping him in check. I call that holding him in bondage. Mm. So what do we do as you what do we do as human beings to hold ourselves in bondage and keep ourselves stuck and we can't break away? 
So you're saying that there's a correlation between personal freedom and belief. Absolutely. And in order for a person to be truly free from the bondage of a bad belief is to change the belief, <laughs> break the old belief and change to try a new belief. Beliefs are the hardest things to change. We have held on to those so tightly. We have justified them. We've explained them away. Every time we have a conversation with people, we talk about them, about, oh, I went through this and I went through that. And we have a tendency to congregate around us a group of people that feel the same way. They say, yeah, you're right. You know, you should believe that. Or I believe the same thing. And you start developing these codependent relationships where everyone in your circle agrees with you and that you have every right to feel that way. You have every right to be angry. You have every right to be unforgiving. You have every right to think that you're not smart because, and you'll hang around with other people who are like-minded. And that also keeps us stuck. That also holds us in bondage. These codependent relationships, these so-called friend relationships that don't allow us to break away. You know, we've talked about wise counsel and wise counsel is that person that comes into your life that starts to ask you about when did you first start feeling that way? What is your core belief that causes you to respond the way you do? A wise counsel wants to break that bondage. They see it's holding you back and they want to help you break through that old belief. That's different than a codependent relationship, which they're kind of like you guys, you know, let's have a pity party. Let's all get together and be angry about something. So I think that's so critical that we look at that and find out the ways we need to break that pattern. And it doesn't all have to happen right now. It doesn't all have to happen tonight. And I even had a brief conversation this weekend with someone who was struggling emotionally and in a really strong way about the choice that they should make. And they were kind of confiding to me the difficulty they were having. And I said, well, to me, that is important. Your pain is important and it's real. However, I have a belief that right now is a time that's been dedicated to celebrating. So you have a choice. Are you going to choose to be present and celebrate and handle your emotions and pain separately or at a different time? Or are you going to bring all that pain and emotion into the celebration and maybe bring down the vibe, so to speak, be a party pooper or a buzzkill, if you will? And it was curious. I think that little challenge caused that person to kind of step a little bit outside of themselves and say, you know what, Brian's right. This is a time to celebrate. That is what it has been earmarked as a time for celebration. As much pain as I'm in right now, I got to sort this out. And it, it went okay. And yeah, I think that we're not talking about just a magical reversal of course. This is a very difficult choice to make, but it is a choice. It is a choice. It's a difficult choice because we respond the way we have because we're used to it. 
and we habitually respond the same way over and over and over again. But I think there gets a point in your life where you finally recognize that, you know, it's not getting the results you want. It's not giving you the sense of joy and the sense of fulfillment that you'd like to have. So living the examined life is to reevaluate and take a look at your pre-existing beliefs. Give some critical thought to what you believe. Is what you believe even true now? Do the research. Speak to trusted wise counsel. Remember that codependent friends are not wise counsel. Wise counsel asks you questions to get you to think at a higher level. We've talked about critically thinking. It helps you come to a new awareness. Yes, it might hurt, it might be painful, but it gives you a chance to facilitate your own self-discovery. And when you uncover these blind spots, what I identify as the elephant in the room, you get that chance to then start making a new decision about it, putting trust and faith in the others that can help you find a way and process through these blind spots. Like a therapist, like my sister and I were talking about, this is what she does all day long with her clients, is help them process through a difficult time in their life with a blind spot and come out with a new awareness and develop some new paradigms, some new beliefs that can support them and give them a, a better answer than the answer that they've had for years and years and years related to that significant emotional event they had in their life, which many people don't even recognize was that significant. Sometimes we have significant emotional events in our life that we deny as being even significant. And that's what's really at risk, really a danger. And that was a danger for me, Brian. You know, when I felt responsible for my brother's death, when I was 10 years old, I denied that significant emotional event for 30 years. I just didn't go there. I didn't want to go there, and I taught myself not to go there. And anytime anybody would bring it up, I was not willing to talk about the elephant in the room. But it wasn't until the time that I said, dang it, I'm going to ride this elephant. And by riding that elephant, I gave meaning to my brother's life. And it turned out to create some beliefs in me and some actions in me that really made a difference for a lot of other people as well. Because that significant emotional event or denying event was causing me so much pain and suffering that I wasn't even aware of. And I think that's what we can do when we start reflecting on saying, why am I acting this way? Why am I saying the things that I'm saying? Why do I have some of these thoughts I have about things? We need to maybe look at some of those things in our past that caused us to respond the way we did and continue to do to this day. So I think it's really critical that we recognize how powerful these core beliefs are. And that's really the whole purpose of living the examined life. Sure. And I'm curious, so I'd just like to add here, you know, Brian's life has meaning independent of your own thinking. But what it meant to you was very unhealthy for many, many years. Your response to it was very unhealthy. So you gave it a new meaning for yourself in time that would cause you to start to develop this material and how you process that situation. But Brian's life definitely has meaning independent of what you've added to that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. However... When these beliefs can keep you stuck in your own way of thinking, 
that you don't even have a chance to even think about that. Right. You're, you're so locked into your own issue. You addressed that this weekend when people were so wrapped up in their own issue that they couldn't even recognize what was really being celebrated. You know? Yeah. So, Brian, I really understand that because you're saying I couldn't even recognize the need or the desire to celebrate my brother's life, even though it was only two and a half years, because I was so caught up in my junk, my negative beliefs. And that's what we saw play out this weekend. It doesn't have to be something that happened when you were 10 years old. This is something that just happened recently. And because of a core belief, they took that happening and had a different response than the one, like you said, it was not celebrating, it was lamenting. And that cost us a lot. Furthermore, I must add, I have deprived myself and exiled myself from different opportunities to celebrate and be glad because I have also had polluted feelings, polluted beliefs that created a separation, that created a canyon between me and where I wanted to be in terms of being in relationship, being in love, being able to celebrate, being able to enjoy it. You have to mess up sometimes to learn how important it is to stay present. (laughs) So I have a lot of forgiveness and grace and typically patience for that sorrow, that struggle and that pain because I've been there. So I have to empathize with that because I too have been polluted myself. And I'm still not fully transcended out of that struggle. But I managed to do it this weekend, and I managed to do it sometimes. And sometimes that's all it takes to be allowed into the space, because if you're constantly bringing your own polluted stuff onto the scene, people don't want that. Because, like I said before, there's a time for everything under the sun. There's a time to celebrate, and then there's a time to go and see your psychologist, your counselor and go and process the, the pain and the trauma. And there's different times for that. And unfortunately, someone told me this recently. He's been studying stoicism. He told me recently this very liberating thing, which I'd, I'd never really sunk in before. He said, Brian, you can't control your emotions. You can't control your emotions. They come at you like white water coming down the gorge. It is out of your control. You can only just choose to keep your cool and be responsive. So yes, you might be in the middle of a celebration and you're having anti-celebratory emotions because of some pain, trauma, and that is going to flow out of your control and you can't stop it. But you can still be okay. You can have all those emotions. Step out, have a cry, just grab someone and say, I just need a minute. Maybe someone will be there for you. And you let that emotion have its moment, and then you get back in and join the celebration. You can't control your emotions. You can only control how you respond in the moment as the emotions come. And I thought, wow, that's really freeing because 
I try to control my emotion. It's like, no, no, you can't. They're going to come, they're going to ebb, and they're going to flow. And you have to then just respond accordingly. And I thought that's, that's a more nuanced approach to the way that trauma and suffering, you still carry it with you even after doing lots and lots and lots of work to get better, that they're scarred. That's what they are. They're not going away. You know, you bring up a very interesting point, Brian, and I would like us to unpackage what you just said a little bit more. One of the things that I see as a powerful force in the way we feel and a positive force in our emotions and our reactions and our responses as a result of those emotions is what is called a negation. Negations are that self-talk that rattle around in our mind. And negations are the poison to our internal dialogue. They are like the elephant in the room. They are the negative feelings and emotions that consume your self-talk. They're detrimental memories that aren't savoring you anymore. They're debilitating beliefs that many of which are untrue. We talked about that earlier. And these negative thoughts that create confusion when making choices and decision-making And these negations seem so consuming, there's an absence of anything positive. Negations are a contradiction in our mind of our memory and our habit and our decision-making. And that creates a tension within us that's difficult to unravel and sort out. So our brain can become muddled and confused and paralyzed in the decision-making process because of these negations. So as you, and I think about that, I also think about Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, which is an older book, but it becomes a cornerstone for millions of people who have seen his teachings as an important part of achieving success in their life. And his statement is, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, he can achieve. And I think what basically I extrapolate from that famous quote and famous action plan is if we can start creating in our mind or whatever the mind can conceive, which can create in our mind and we can believe, we can achieve. And if we want to believe something different and we wish to believe something different and we want to go back and remove some of the negations in our life, One of the ways we can do that is to mitigate these negations. And I would say one of the things that we can do to mitigate negations is have affirming precepts. I like to say affirming precepts negate negations. So when the mind conceives precepts like, I will forgive, I will consider the truth, I will set my own standards, I will critically think things through. I will stop projecting and presuming my opinions on others. I would stop telling and start asking questions. And I'll take personal responsibility for everything that happens. I think when you find that you start looking at your core beliefs, we can start seeing these negations that are perpetuated in our mind. We can start breaking the stronghold of these negations on our thinking. 
So I'm a firm believer that what the mind of man can conceive and believe, he can achieve. And I think that's extremely important that we bring that into the discussion right now as we reflect on some of these challenges of having the mindset that is more fulfilling and less conflicted, holding people back, holding us in bondage. If we continue to let our beliefs and our negation stay in our mind, we'll continue to be held back, just like that elephant that's shackled to the rope and the stake in the ground. Uh, I think there's ways that we can break these patterns by going back, backing up the train and taking on new beliefs that cause us to have a different response. What do you think about that, Brian, as it ties into something you were saying earlier? Yeah, well, I definitely like the word negation because a negation is kind of like a type of belief, right? I mean, a negation is a belief that you have and it's firing missiles at all incoming beliefs, preventing them from landing. So you're keeping all those new beliefs away. You're negating anything from coming in to change your mind because whatever, you're stuck, you're in bondage, you're complacent. And yet that belief is blocking you from having a new perspective, a new beginning or a new awareness. So you have beliefs that are negations and then you have beliefs of healing and you have precepts of negation. I can't, I won't, I hate, I could never forgive that person for what they did to me. This is what they did to me. How could you forgive that? Well, that's a negation. Exactly. And that's their choice. And speaking of something ensues, it's like, hey, that's your choice. Now I just have to watch what happens. Absolutely. And I think that's really what we're asking the listener and to this conversation. And to remind ourselves, even, Brian, you and I need to be reminded of this all the time that unless we put purposeful intention on calling out a negation that's playing this poisonous tape in our mind and recognizing how that's keeping us stuck, how debilitating it is, and what we need to do to break that pattern that seems to hold us back. And I think there's a lot of ways to talk about it. There's a lot of metaphors that we can use to describe it. But I think it begins with a purposeful intention on saying, I want to live the best life possible for myself. I want to have the best feelings about myself and about others. And as long as I have things going on in my processing, my mindset that causes me to have debilitating feelings about myself, hatred feelings toward others, anger feelings towards others, I think we only have to look at the core belief we have and the negations that keep rattling around in our mind and say, what do I need to change this pattern? And I think that's a question that we all need to ask. I think one of the things people can do is there's so many knowledgeable people out there that help people with this. And so many great authors have written wonderful things about this. And there's so many great therapists that can help you process through this. And, of course, my book is another attempt to do it from my perspective. I'll Ride the Elephant, The Journey to True Success is really about 
looking at those negative beliefs that cause us to be stuck and what we can do to break the pattern. And it was through my experiences of breaking that pattern for me, which is extremely difficult to do, and it took years to do it. And then I was watching these tools that I talk about in the book be used by other people that allow them to break through their patterns and their negations and seeing the benefits of that and the freedom that they felt and the joy they felt that they were able to break these patterns. I think taking on new precepts to counteract the negations in our life is so important. And what the mind conceives, which is what you conceive about this, and then what you believe, you then will have a reality change for yourself. It isn't something that somebody can tell you to do. It's only something someone can invite you to do. And that's what you and I have been talking about, Brian, is an invitation to look at these things and have a self-reflection, self-awareness, take on a new understanding, put your more developed prefrontal cortex into action today and make some new choices, new decisions, new beliefs that will bring about a change for you for the better. And it's all about just doing it for yourself and the effect that you'll have on others by doing so. So your closing thoughts, Brian? Yeah, I mean, if you want to love people and you want to be loved, this isn't superstitious to just, oh, just believe and just think a certain way and it'll all be good. You have to critically think this is practical, applicable knowledge that you can try changing your precepts, changing your beliefs, changing the way you think. Yeah, it can work wonders, but it's just going to take a long, long time like it's taken for me, like I see it take for others. I told my brother-in-law this weekend, I said, you know, I really feel a lot of love from you and other people in the family because I suck sometimes at being a good person. (laughs) That's not a negation. That doesn't mean I'm stuck in being a bad person. It just means I make mistakes too. And I need forgiveness, too. And I need to forgive myself because I am worth it. And I believe that I am worthy of being at the celebration. I am worthy of being loved. I'm worthy of being a part. And I'm worthy of doing great things if I so choose. And it's taken me a long time to adopt that sense. And sometimes it gets shaken up still. It gets challenged. I get derailed. But you got to get back on the train. And I hope that our audience will start to think of themselves as worthy and look at the beliefs that are negating their success and getting in the way of them being in a good, healthy relationship with their loved ones. Absolutely. Well, Brian, I love you. Love you too. These, I love having these conversations with you. And let's continue our conversations next week. And anybody who wants to get a hold of us, contact us at ray at raymckinley.com. And we'll be happy to respond to your inquiry. So everyone have a great week. Thank you for joining Ride the Elephant today. Dr. Ray McKinley is a speaker, author, and coach. In his new book, Ride the Elephant, The Journey to True Success, 
Dr. McKinley addresses the crisis in personal leadership and what you can do about it. Thank you for joining us today. Your feedback is important to us, and we'd like to hear from you. Email your comments and questions to ray at raymckinley.com. Join us next week for another informative podcast with Dr. Ray McKinley. Have a great week.